to the Ole Azola podcast with Yetrip and Diana Selena, where we have conversations on a wide variety of topics. We want to ensure that you learn something new with each episode, so join us as we bring in credible guests to discuss their passions and more. organization called Muslim Women Four, and we're going to go ahead and give her the floor and let her introduce herself. Hi, ladies. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm here today, and I'm really excited to talk about Muslim Women Four, which is an organization that I co-founded with two um, other young um, African uh, Muslim American women um, and about three years ago, almost four years ago, um, and we're a social justice-led group, um, and we really focus on advocacy and empowerment, and I'm just really, really excited to be on here today and kind of share some information about the work that I do. All right, and so can you also give us um, background about, like, your the school that you attended and, like, your undergraduate degree and the work that you've done? and the experience that you've had that led up to um, founding the organization that you guys have? For sure, for sure. So I went to school at North Carolina State University, the Wolfpack, um, and I graduated relatively recently, about like two years ago. Um, and when I um, started Muslim Women's Four, I was still in college. We were still in school, um, and so were the other two co-founders. Um, and I studied nutrition science. Um, mm -hmm. So very different than like kind of you know like justice, but really <laughs> yeah, right. I believe that it's all it's all connected. Like the right. entire reason I studied nutrition is because mm -hmm. I felt that good nutrition and like positive health outcomes, living a long life, is part of justice. You know what I mean? Like that's what every human being deserves. And right. so like very quickly, um, I met other like kind of like like-minded people, Layla and Iman. Um, they're my other two co-founders. Um, mm -hmm. And I have a few experiences related to, um, I, I'm an Ignite North Carolina fellow, or mm -hmm. alumni now at this point, um, and that's an organization that does really great work um, with organizing on campuses. Um, mm -hmm. But really the, most of the experiences that brought me to starting Muslim Women for were like my lived experiences. And so a big aspect of that is like just going into spaces, whether they be like MSA spaces or um, kind of like Islamic spaces or even like social justice spaces and not seeing representation of people who look like me, women of color, um, not seeing those people in leadership positions and kind of wanting to work towards a world that empowers women of color, that empowers Muslim women, um, and that puts us at the forefront of like these movements. Um, because we're the ones who sadly experience like the brunt of oppression. Um, and so it's only right that we're at the forefront of like leading movements and creating change. So it's really, that's, that's really like kind of where it all got started. But I would say um, for the most part, my like kind of life so far has been um, a lot of like still in the, in the 
I'm still in the place of like gaining experience and, and like learning. Um, I wouldn't say like that I'm necessarily at the point where I'm like, um, it's like my title, I'm the operations lead, but it's, it's still not, um, we're still at the place of where we're like constantly learning and constantly trying to like be better and, and shape our organization to where it fits like the needs of the people. So, so hopefully we'll always be, we'll always be kind of like in that place. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for that. I love that. So I have a question, um, which kind of leads us into our next question, which was, how did you guys like, you know, were you sitting on campus one day, you know, you and your two other friends, you know, you guys are like, you know what, I think we should start this, you know, nonprofit. How do we do this? You know, so can you tell us a little bit about how that process went? Yeah, so you're like almost spot on so <laughs> like we tell the story all the time and people like instantly like relate to it but literally it was like we were in the library like on campus and Layla and Iman at that point were I, I knew them like relatively well but like not not like like we were friends but mm -hmm. um, yeah I wouldn't say that we were like um we would kind of like hang out in the library and kind of like vent and stuff like that and so at the time I was a part of um North Carolina State's um, MSA, which is the Muslim Student Association, and they will tell you this, anyone who went to NC State will tell you that I had mad beef with them, like, constantly, um, and the reason I was always kind of frustrated with them is because I felt like we were putting, you know, like, I was putting in all this work and doing all of these things, but I would still have women come up to me um, and say, you know, like, oh, man, like, we, we really, like, didn't like this aspect of the event because you know, someone said something and it was hurtful or someone did something and it was, and almost always it was instances of men, you know, just taking up too much space, not having, um, not having like just respect for like women in the space or even just not even having respect for the people from different cultures or people from different yeah. backgrounds, um, yeah. you know, all of those things. And so I was, you know, kind of like ranting to them and then, you know, like Layla was ranting to me because, um, and, and Iman was also kind of like, um, we were just like expressing our frustrations and it was just like conversations among friends. And mm -hmm. then I think it was Layla who mentioned like, you know, like why, like we really don't have to put up with this. And also to put, to put this conversation even more into context, this conversation happened uh, in 2016. Mm -hmm. um, and um, that was a year after the um, really horrible shooting um, of three Muslim students from our campus, the Barakat, Nazan Abu Salha, and Yusuf Abu Salha. Um, and so we really just felt that we were at a place in our community where we were we were being attacked as Muslims, right? And we were mm -hmm. we were feeling just pain and and so much trauma. And and then on top of that, it's like you feel this way, and then you go to your own spaces, these Muslim spaces, these spaces where you're supposed to feel safe, you know, and you're supposed to be around your own people, and you're still being, like, traumatized, and you're still being disrespected, and you just, you just, you feel silent. And so that's really, like, where the vision of Muslim Women's War was born. Um, we wanted to see, like, the history and the work and, like, the resilience of black and brown and Muslim women in the spaces that we, that we occupy. And we we literally were just like, all right, if we want to do it, bet, let's do it. Um, and we started with no money at all. Um, <laughs> we kind of put together our first event, which was an art gala. And the art gala had 
like it was like 90% of the performers or 95% of the performers and the artists were um, women, um, and most of those were Muslim women. And we just displayed their work and we talked about our vision and people came surprisingly. (laughs) (laughs) Like literally, like I remember, I remember that event. And I remember like asking people for things for free and and, like asking for food for free. And like we just, it was just, it was literally grassroots. Like it was about as like grassroots, like as it gets, like being like, hey girl, I gotta ask you a question. (laughs) Using your relationship. And people don't think of that as organizing. But literally using your relationship to, to build power to do things, that's that's all this work is. Um yeah. and so we put together the gala, we asked the Imam to speak, Imam um Imam Abu Talib at IAR. Shout out to him. He's really he's been really supportive <laughs> of our work. Um and yeah, and so without without the support of our community, without them feeling like, yo, this is a space that we need, this is something that needs to happen, it wouldn't it wouldn't have been possible. So they are also a huge, a huge part of that. Um, and then a few years after that, I believe, I want to get the years right, I believe in 2017, that very next year, um, we were asked to be an incubator program under the Lighthouse Project. And actually, our, our art gala event, Sad is Berakat, he is the executive director of the Lighthouse Project, and he's also the brother of the late Ziat Berakat. Um, he was one of our first supporters as well. Um, and so we became an incubator group, which basically just means that we use that space um, it's, it's a co-working space um, for projects that um, work to shift the Muslim American narrative. Um, and so they've also been really amazing supporters of us. And um, so, yeah, so ever since then, we've kind of just been working um, in the triangle, but also um, across North, the state of North Carolina. I think that's all really great. And I especially appreciate how you said that, like, when you're in spaces that include people that are like you, you expect that, you know, you're going to feel safe, but then it turns out to be the opposite. You know, I really appreciate that. I appreciate the work that you guys do for that. Um, And so moving on to, like, the next question, can you, like, you know, give us a brief description of the different pillars of your organization or, like, the background um, of of, of what each of you guys do? You, Leila, and Iman. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. So um, I guess our organizational pillars are basically the things that we look at um, when we talk about, like, what do we want to do? Like, kind of like, what space do we want to work in? Um, And for us in general, our mission is just to foster and create, like, vibrant Muslim societies that work to create positive change um, and create communities that are empowered. Um, and the way we see empowerment is um, firstly through political education. Um, and all that really means is that we believe that, like, for so long we haven't known our history, and, and more so than not knowing our history just as Muslims, but also our, like, political history, and that it's so dangerous and violent to believe um, or to confine our narrative to, to just a single story of who Muslims are. Um, and so. Through this, we typically will um, create essentially like activism trainings or um, our, actually our leadership retreat, it's a uh, retreat that we do for our fellows, um, is is based in this. And so what we try to do is we try to really change the way that we think. We try to unlearn oppression, um, creating events that reimagine freedom and decolonize our minds. 
And so that aspect is really important, especially because we live in the South. Um, and a lot of people consider the South to be like super backwards and ignorant and abhorrently just like racist. But we know, and you know, through our education, through learning our history, we have to recognize the South as like the hotbed of like political resistance and like civil disobedience. Like literally, the American South is so important. Um, and so we, especially as like people of color, um, especially as organizers, we have to kind of like recognize that. And so that political education is a huge part of like what we do. The next would be like leadership development. And so naturally that's just like creating spaces that reflect the diversity of society and making sure that those people are in like leadership positions. Um, and we genuinely, I say this all the time, but we genuinely believe that like everyone can contribute something. So collective liberation demands collective participation. So you can't say like, oh, you know, like I'm not, you know, like my, my like for example, I said nutrition, you know, like that doesn't really have anything to do with, you know, social justice. Yes, it does. Everything relates to liberation. Um, and so whatever your skill is, whatever your talent is, we need you and we want you to be part of, to be part of like this work. No one is exempt from, um, you know, participating and helping because we're all part of a community. And the next is like relationship building. Um, and this one is like really important to me because it sounds really, I don't know, it might sound trivial, but our organization started because of three friends sitting in a room, you know, like talking to each other. Um, and without like that trust and, and that like support for each other, in, even in just small interactions like that, none of this work would be possible. Like, you're not going to start an organization or commit yourself to, you know, like, doing anything if you don't really trust the people that you're working with, even in, like, a class project or in a, um, which actually that's probably why a lot of class, class, class projects go south, um, is because you can't work effectively with people you don't trust or who you feel like don't people who, like, care about you and love you. And so... Um, that's that's like a huge part of our of our organization. Um and actually Layla Ali, she's fantastic. Um she is our um policy I can never remember her title, policy and program programming lead. She actually conducted a study on Muslim American um like social relationships in the triangle. Um and she essentially went and talked to different leaders, all of the different leaders of all um, Muslim organizations, Muslim-led organizations in the triangle, and she found, um, she essentially mapped who talked to who. So she has this really beautiful research on, like, for example, like the IAR or, like, the large um, mosques in North Carolina, like, who's talking to who, what are they talking about, um, and she found that a lot of those organizations the number one reason that they chose to work with another organization, so, like, the number one reason that, like, the IAR, the Islamic Association of Raleigh, would choose to work with Salam Mosque is because they knew one person at IAR had a relationship with another person at Salam, right? And so, basically, all that is is, like, human, human connection. So, like, if you have a connection with someone at another organization, naturally you're going to say, oh, yeah, let's partner together. Let's do this. Let's do that. Um, but then when we look at the leadership, when she looked at the leadership of um, those organizations, she found that the, of like the 56 or the 60-plus different Muslim-led organizations in the triangle, a majority of them were 
led by men or like the majority of the leadership was men. And then on top of that, the majority of the leadership was um, folks over the age of 55 years old. And so, again, like with relationship building, when we're talking about the work our community is doing, it has to reflect, it, naturally it's going to reflect the relationships that naturally exist in society. Um, and for, for a lot of our organizations that the black organizations or the black-led organizations just talking to, to you know, the black other black organizers, you know, immigrant communities just talking to immigrant communities, and that's what showed in her research. Um, and so we really want to work on, like, doing away with, like, transactional relationships and actually creating um, relationships that bridge us together, um, making sure that we're not just talking to people who look like us, but to everyone. Um, and so, so yeah, that's, I just really, 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 um, that's something that I find, like, really, really important, making sure that I'm talking to, to other, to other folks. Um, and then women of color empowerment, of course, is one of our pillars. <laughs> and then grassroots organizing, which is just creating change by organizing locally through, like, direct service. That's really all that is. Um, and so, yeah, those are our five pillars. And then just a little bit about um, our kind of like our team. We're still just a team of three. So that's me, operations lead. Um, Layla Ali, who is our policy and programming lead. Um, and I talked a little bit about her um, paper that she published um, about Muslim-led groups in the triangle. Um, and it's a social network analysis. And it has a really great um, information. And then Iman. Ali, who is our development lead, um, and she works a lot with um, interface work, um, and she has a lot of experience with um, working with refugees and immigrants. Um, so, yeah. This has been really, really great. I appreciate everything that you've had to say, um, especially the the first pillar, I think, that you mentioned was about, um, like, learning our history. Mm. And... Um, I'm at, during my last semester of undergrad, I did an independent study on the role of like Black Muslims in the civil rights movement, and everything that I learned in it was like really mind blowing because it was interesting to see how like, you know, the Black Muslim narrative in this country is not you know like it correlates perfectly with, you know, the African American narrative in the country, and then also the Muslim narrative. Like you know, you can't talk about African Americans without including. African-American Muslims, and you can't talk about Muslims without talking about African-American Muslims. So I really appreciate um, that, you know, one of your pillars is based on learning about our history, um, because we do have a lot of history in this country, but it is, um, I think, oftentimes forgotten. But um, moving on to the next question, you did mention one thing about grassroots, and so we want to ask, um, what, do you, what, what does it mean to you, like, um, grassroots um, organizing or community organizing, and why do you think it's so important? Mm, yeah, for sure. So to me, grassroots or like community organizing, to me, they're, they're very like interchangeable. Um, but to me, it's very important because grassroots organizing essentially means that we, we are going to save ourselves. Like we can't expect anyone to come, no outside organization, no, no, you know, government to, to save us or to know what's more, um, what's best for our community. We're the ones who know what's best for our people. Um, and there's a lot of power in that, especially when you come from a community who has been 
um, oppressed or you, you come from a community that has been silenced. Like you had mentioned like the black um, Muslim American community or the black Muslim experience in America. Um, you, you, like that is a group that has been, that has created all the systems that allow Muslim Americans to live comfortably, but who get absolutely no credit or not nearly enough credit. Um, and we don't see um, those folks in our leadership, right? And so in, um, in grassroots organizing, um, what, we, what we seek, what we want, um, and really the, the purpose of grassroots organizing is to make sure that the interests of the community are being upheld in society. Um, and, and you're right, you're completely right, yes, like all radical movements have been people-led and have been formed through authentic relationships. You know, like, people talk about, like, the civil rights movement like it was, like, a three-day parade. You know what I mean? Like, on the first day, you know, Rosa Parks out on the bus. On the second day, you know, like, Malcolm X did this. Martin Luther King did this. Yeah, it's really right now, I'd be, like, snapping my fingers. I totally agree with you. <laughs> right? And it's, it's such, a, like, a disservice, and it's also such a, um, it's, it's wrong. Like, it's not, it's not yeah. accurate. Um it was decades and like years of like struggle and years of meetings and, and all of those folks in the civil rights movement um, or in all radical movements, um, even if you want to talk about like the Black Panthers or, or any of these groups, like they read, you know, the, these folks were very well read. They were very much ingra ingrained in their community. People knew them, you know what I mean? They weren't just people who just popped up and did a seminar or went from, you know, toured from, from city to city um, and talked about what they want to do and what they think the community needs. No, they were a part of their community. Um, and so, and so we, we believe in that as a method for change. We don't believe in outside organizations. We, we don't think they're going to save us. We don't think the government is going to save us. You know what I mean? And, 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 and we believe that the power or, like, our power comes from us being like a collective and being united and centering the people that are most marginalized. And so that's really all grassroots um, organizing is. And that's why in our um, leadership retreat um, that we have, we train folks, we train women um, and femmes who might not have a lot of experience, but they have connections to their community. Because it's more, it's more important to be someone in the community that people know and that people trust um, and someone that um, wants to build authentic relationships more so than it is to actually have experience. Because you can get the experience, but you can't you can't become a decent person. I mean, you can't fake being a decent person. You can't you can't fake real relationships and like real trust. Um, and so that's that's kind of like what we do in terms of grassroots and community organizing with our leadership fellows. So is the organization's work, is it throughout all of the southern states, or do you guys, like, are, are you guys focused on a certain part of the south? Yeah, so right now we are just working in North Carolina. Um, and I think that North Carolina, again, because we believe in relationships, we, we know lots of folks from other places um, across the United States and across the south who do this work, but we want to focus in on North Carolina because from our from our conversations and um and kind of like meeting other people across across the country, especially other Muslim organizers, we learn from them and we see how um, we, we kind of like see the things that we do. But we believe that people really aren't paying attention to North Carolina 
in the way that they really should be um, when you look at the kind of work that, that organizers like Muslims for Social Justice, um, the organizing work that they do, or um, Muslims against Muslims to End Islamophobia and Racism, Mary. There are so many coalitions doing work, and including our organization doing work across North Carolina, um, and that's where we have our relationships. That's, that's what we know, right? And so for right now, we want to focus on North Carolina, um, and specifically, we do most of our work in the triangle, but our fellows um, are all across North Carolina. So we have fellows in Charlotte um, in and, and around Charlotte, like um, Davidson, North Carolina, but then also in Greensboro and um, and then all across like the triangle, so like Wake Forest, Raleigh, Durham. Um, so our fellows really kind of are doing our work across across North Carolina, but as an organization, most of our efforts are, um, are for right now in the triangle, but we hope to expand um, and do the entire state of North Carolina. We're also working on putting together a um, essentially like a Muslim um, organizing uh, conference, um, a regional southern conference uh, for people that are, do election work or vote work um, from across the across the American South in North Carolina. Um, hopefully um, in the next few months. So we're kind of beginning to do regional stuff, but our heart and our work and our community is forever going to be North Carolina. Honestly, thank you so much for everything that you have said. I personally have enjoyed this conversation so much. Really? And um, about the regional conference, we will be looking out for details <laughs> on that, 1,000%. Um, we appreciate all the work that you're doing, you and, you and Leila and Iman. We really love everything that you guys are doing and what you guys stand for. Um, this conversation has been really great, really, really great. Yeah, it's been so honestly educational and again this is why we do what we do so we're so excited for everyone who's listening you know and again guys as we always say if you have any, anything you guys want to share any thoughts any comments you know don't don't be shy we're happy to you know continue this conversation with all of you yeah and then you want to go ahead and um can yeah. we shout out your instagram for you guys the muslim women's for instagram Oh, yeah. So all of our social media, um, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff, is at Muslim Women for, and that's women with an E, for F-O-R. Um, and, yeah, follow us, connect with us. Um, and thank you so much, Jessica and Diana. You all are part of the movement as well because you're bringing this information to people. Um, and I really just appreciate the work that you all do, are doing. Thank you so much, and thank you again for this conversation, Boha. Thank you so, so, so much. This has been great. Yeah. So we will, um, yeah, so thank you guys for listening. <laughs> we'll wrap this up. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this conversation now. And we'll see you on the next episode.